Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode 15B of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Let's make some money, boys. Yay. I'm so excited for uh, for some football this weekend to make some money. Had a lot of games on Thanksgiving, some good games, some bad games, but man, the lines are looking really good this weekend. So I'm excited. Yeah, it was uh, it was just so terrible. Not terrible. Like you have to be thankful for football, but the NFL giving us the Bears Lions, man. I mean, it, it's hard to be thankful when you're just watching bad teams play bad teams. That was electric. <laughs> There was nothing electric about that game other than the having game. the Lions plus two and a half was electric. That electric. was electric if you had Lions yeah. plus two and a half. Not if you had uh, DeAndre Swift's receiving yards, though, because yeah. he had three catches in the first quarter and then got hurt. So he was well the on first his way. Three plays, actually. The first yeah, three exactly. So, yeah, that was that was really sad to see him get down. But uh, I, I saw Jamal Williams, a post-game interview. So, you know, that's the upside. If, if Swift's going to be missing long term, we get more uh, Jamal Williams content, which is always a plus for the anime master. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Before we get into the episode today, in honor of the game that is going on right now, Michigan, Ohio state, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite rivalry is in all of sports. Just really quick before we get into it. Mine is hands down uh, university of Kentucky versus uh, uh, university of Louisville. Um, especially in basketball. I know actually they, the two football teams square off tonight, which should be a good one, um, but mostly the basketball game. I've actually been to a rep arena during that rivalry game, and people are out for blood, let me tell you that. So that, that's my favorite one. That's a good one. I, I'd probably have to say Duke UNC for college basketball. Ooh, that's, that's a, a great, great one. one. Great, great, Thank great you. one. Thank you. Peter? Oh, as you know, I'm a diehard New York Yankees fan. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing like Yankees Red Sox, especially sure. when when stuff's on the line and the games really matter. No better game. No, yeah. no, no game I'd rather be watching. I don't care if it's NFL or anything else. They're, they're so awesome. I would say Jets Patriots, but that's it's not a rivalry. Sadly, it's a rivalry for us, not for them. Yeah. You know, actually, to throw a little tidbit in on my uh, my rivalry pick, uh, my cousin, his name's Justin Burke. Shout out to him. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he used to be the starting quarterback um, at NC State, and he actually got replaced by Russell Wilson. <laughs> wow. So he, yeah, so he transferred to U of L the uh, the year Russell Wilson came in, and he was the starting quarterback for the Louisville Cardinals. And uh, my whole family is from Kentucky, so. When he made that switch, half my family is like go big blue, the other half are Louisville fans. So we had a bit of a divide in our family for quite some time because of that. House <laughs> divided. Dude, it was, man. Let me tell you something. Yeah, well, look, to- from uh, from us to you at the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, we wanted to wish you a happy rivalry week in college football. We hope your team ended out on top, unless it's Ohio State. We really want to see Michigan pull through here. But... <laughs> With that being said, we're going to get into the episode. We have a great one for you today. We have our locks, mortal locks returning. Going to throw some player props out there. And then, again, back by popular demand, our 
specially curated Sunday night football parlay where each one of us is going to do a leg and put it all together, get the odds, and win us some money, okay? Let's go. Max, in honor of the only person currently in Ohio and the rivalry going on there, I'm going to allow you to pick the snake for the episode. We should be closer to Michigan, you know. Michigan's about to score and win the game right now. <laughs> so 35-27, first and goal for Michigan. So whoop, they just scored a touchdown, and that's going to be the game. You got a live play-by-play here on the Dynasty. <laughs> but, uh, live play-by-play just- play a day later. Right. <laughs> a, day, a day later. But uh, I'm going to do Jace, Peter. So Peter's not snaking us either way. And then I'll snake us on the back. Rats. Yeah, I'll kick us off with uh, with our mortal locks of the week here. Um, I'll start us off with our, my spread pick of the week. Um, I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers at Miami Dolphins in this one. And I'm taking the Panthers minus two in this one. Um, I just think anything under three is a steal for this matchup. I think the Panthers are just straight up the better team. Um, they got, you know, on the defensive side of the ball for Carolina, um, they're pretty, they're relatively vulnerable on the, in regards to the running game, but that offensive line and Miles Gaskin for Miami, they haven't been doing anything all year. Um, you know, we've seen the even odd weeks for uh, Miles Gaskin. And this one, I, I just think everyone's down on Gaskin. I don't think Gaskin's going to be able to get anything done on the ground. And the Panthers are really tough against wide receivers too. Um, you know, two has looked pretty good, but I've said it before. I don't see him, you know, throwing for 350 plus yards and going out and winning the game for his team. I think he's very scheme dependent. Um, you know, he's just not elite uh, to me. So I think, you know, CMC, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, CMC, DJ Moore and Cam Newton, they're just three really solid weapons that I don't think Miami's going to be able to keep up with. So I love the Panthers minus two here. Yeah. I mean, Cam Newton, has just been playing so well, and they didn't win last week, the Panthers, did they? Nope. They, they came close, um, but they ended up losing the game. I think Cam wants to get a win really bad, and I really think that, like, Carolina could make the playoffs um, if they continue to win out. So I think it's a big game, and Cam is definitely going to just destroy the Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 100% in on that bet, too. Uh, nothing really further needed to be said. Both you guys really hammered it home really well. Cool. All right, so that's going to send me into my spread. And I realize that some people try to win their bets and some people try to lose their bets. And usually the people that are, like, actively saying, I think this, so I'm going to bet the opposite, tend to win sometimes. And I've been doing pretty well with myself, but this is definitely a game where the your expectations of it are going to get subverted. Uh, I think that the Eagles are slated not to cover the spread. Everybody's going to pick the Giants plus three and a half. Freddie Kitchen's coming in. Last time he was an OC, he looked really good. Not a head coach, as Max right. knows. Yes, yeah. terrible, terrible head coach. He should but, never be a coach again. But last time he was an OC, he looked very good out there. And everybody's going to be like, okay, like Giants get the fire Jason Garrett hype going. I I just really can't see it like that. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to absolutely take it to them. Another big day for Dallas Goddard. We'll talk about that later. But I really see the Eagles going to MetLife and establishing that they could possibly be be a playoff team. Uh, They'll win convincingly, I think, at least by seven. 
and the line's at three and a half for them. So I'll take I'll, – I'll swallow the points there. I don't know. It's just so tough because when I look on the sleeper app, I see Kenny G's got a green arrow by his name, which means they're liking Kenny G this week, even <laughs> though he's going up against big play Slay. I do think that offense gets a little better without having Jason Garrett. And the Giants, they really do play the Eagles pretty well every time. I mean, I can remember just being in Philadelphia the past four years. Every game versus the Giants, I feel like, has come down to within three to seven points. And it doesn't really matter how bad the Giants are. They always find a way. It's kind of like the Michigan-Ohio State or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I don't know. I wish it was I wish it was two and a half, Peter. Yeah, I feel the same way. I wish it were three or two and a half, but I don't know. Like, <clears throat> whenever I think of Freddie Kitchens, I always think of that video of Baker Mayfield sitting on the bench and he comes over and says something to Baker. And Baker <laughs> looks at the guy next to him and he's like, that guy's an idiot. So, like yeah. – <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of faith in Freddie Kitchens. They're missing. They're going to likely miss Kadarius Tony in this one. Um, I do think Kenny G is going to get a little bit of squeaky wheel treatment in this one. He's going to get some more targets thrown his way. That had to be part of the reason why Jason Garrett got fired. So I think he's going to get some more uh, work going his way. But overall, like the Eagles got a really good thing going right now. And the Giants, you know, I feel like they're on the downward trend. Um, you know, I like some of the Giants options in this game for player props and stuff i like evan ingram and i like uh, saquon in this one but the eagles as a team like their defense is looking pretty solid it's danny dimes you know he's nothing spectacular he's been all right but he's very turnover prone him, himself so i like this one peter you've been so hot i'm riding with you bro yeah you have been hot peter uh, it's it's tough to bet against you there i, I didn't mention this uh obviously like our thanksgiving picks we didn't really send them out those games are just such a snooze fest for the most part. Uh, but I decided to do a parlay of the three spreads I liked and it hit. So, yeah. you know, I can't even like attribute all of this success to really knowing everything. Uh, but you know, at sometimes when you're hot, you're hot and we're going to ride the wave for a while. So I got, I took the lines plus two and a half. I had the Raiders plus seven and a half. And then I took the uh, Bills minus six. And that came out to a plus 650 parlay. And it, it hit. And I put Smashed. a nice amount of money down on it. So, yeah. Oh, good. That's, that's yeah. pretty solid. You could have you bet all the away teams because all the away teams won. Hmm. This, is, this is true. It's very interesting. Yeah, man. Peter's been rock solid with all of his picks. So, Whatever he's putting in the show, Doc, whatever he's locking down, I'm putting money on it. It's It's been very profitable this season. I do agree there. I do agree. All right, Max, um, let's get your spread. Yeah, my spread, I just it, – it pains me to say it, but I got Baltimore minus three and a half versus the Browns this weekend on Sunday night. It's in Baltimore. Baker's banged up. Um, I get they get Kareem Hunt back, but to me the Ravens are just – they're too good of a team. And to only give them three and a half points against a Browns team that – Bailey beat the Lions, a Browns team that's been struggling. I just, I, I see the Ravens winning by seven or more. Yeah, I totally agree. I Like, for me, it just goes back to Baker is so hurt out there. And, like, if he were fully healthy, I think they have a pretty good shot in this game um, yeah. with the way yeah, – I trust Stefanski big time no matter what weapons they have. But Baker, I mean, I feel like he's one tackle away from leaving for the rest of the year. So, it just – it feels risky and to – to take the Browns there um, three and a half, you know, kind of like the other one, you, you don't like the three and a half. You wish it were two and a half or a three, yep. but Lamar has absolutely owned them. 
uh, the Browns that is in his career. Um, I think I was looking pre-podcast. He's been over a hundred rushing yards in like three out of four or I forget what it was, maybe uh, four out of six matchups or something like that. Um, I, I don't know. They got their full allotment of weapons. I think Marquise Brown um, is possibly due back for this one. I think they're just going to absolutely dominate the Browns, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I, the divisional games are always so hard, and I can even take that back to my Eagles, uh, Eagles-Giants game. The divisional games are always so whack. Look at last week with Houston and Tennessee. You just, you just never know with some of them. But uh, I think this is as certain as it's it's going to be. It's going to be hard for the Browns to pull out a win here uh, mm-hmm. and then even look competitive with Baker being hurt and just all their injuries that they've had and on defense as well. It's it's sad, but uh, this might be one of the last nails in the coffin for the Browns on the season. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they've been barely hanging on with playoff hopes and stuff, but for weeks now, everyone that I've talked to, everyone agrees. It's, it's probably just not the Browns here with all the injuries and, you know, the Odell stuff. And so, I don't know. I think this is going to be the big game that tells you, you know, this isn't the Browns year. Yeah, it, it stinks to say, but I think it's just, I think it's a realization that we've all come to realize here in Cleveland. Yeah, for sure. All right, Max, let's get the over-under for you. Yeah, we'll snake it around. Peter's favorite thing to do. I get to do it this time. Um, my over-under is the Carolina Panthers at the Dolphins. Uh, we touched on a little bit earlier. It's 41 and a half. I like the over in this one. Um, I just I think Carolina themselves could put up 41 points. I really do. I'm not the biggest Tua fan in the Dolphins, but 41 points is just – it's such a low amount of points for an NFL team to score. I like the over in this one. I like that one too. Just 41 and a half. I tried to play an under at that this year with the Steelers um, when they was close to that line and it got shattered. Anything in the low forties like that. I mean, we say it all the time. We're always like one play away. All these guys are one play away from a big score. 41 and a half, especially when you have CMC and Cam Newton, like you said, like those are, I mean, for touchdowns, those guys are almost guaranteed each and every week. So I like them to at least put up, you know, three, four touchdowns and carry the weight in this one for Miami. I played an under at that. On Thanksgiving, I played the Detroit under 40. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That that was a solid one for sure. I mean, on Thanksgiving, there's always one under, one over, and, you know, Detroit has shaky as they've been. Two unders. Were there two? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bills game didn't hit. um, But, yeah, so that that was a really good one with Dalton. And, you know, I always feel so bad. Not to to digress uh, Mm because we are trying to keep this kind of short. Uh, anybody that bets on the Barstool Sportsbook, they always have those promotions where it's like, oh, bet like X amount of money. And if your team does this, you win like merch. Mm-hmm. They had one and it was like bet $250. And if the over on the day, which was like 150 hit, yeah. then I don't think you even got your money back. You just got the jacket for $250 <laughs> and two unders hit. And the Cowboys obviously wasn't – that wasn't enough to push the over. And yeah. I'm just mad for those people that bet on that stuff because it's, it's such a scheme. And it's like a lot of those uh, like odds boost these places give you aren't like good bets and they run the math to like entice you to bet on them. Mm-hmm. But that one even more so. I just – I feel bad. I feel like it's just rough. It's a rough look for those people. I, I bet the 150 points on uh, FanDuel, not Barstool. I'm not paying $250. I bet $5 on it. So it was yeah. five to win 
seven or plus two fifty odds actually. So I think it was five to win twelve fifty, and it, it came within fourteen, even with two really low scoring games. The Dallas game really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna move on to my over under back to back weeks. I'm hitting unders. I hit last week's under uh, in the Dallas Kansas City line, uh, and this week uh, same exact philosophy. Same exact philosophy. Too many points for these two teams to put up. They Both offenses have been red hot while both defenses have played very well. Uh, and then the Bucks are going to be getting back Vita Vea. The line's at 53. Uh, that's an implied point total of 25 to 28, I believe, uh, with a three-and-a-half point spread. I, I just – I can't see Jonathan Taylor keep doing this every single week, especially with Vita Vea going to be back. Quentin Nelson's not going to play. Michael Pittman – while he's very a very, very, very good wide receiver, I have no idea if he's going to be able to dominate that that defense as a one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Bucs have played very well, but that Indianapolis defense is legit. They, they're very, very, very scary, especially with DeForest Buckner there uh, tearing up the inside with uh, – I can't remember the name of the linebacker, but he, uh, Darius Leonard. But mm-hmm. Darius Leonard just absolutely destroying everybody out there. So uh, I really love the under in that game. Simply too many points, Peter. I agree. Nothing more to add. It's just too many points. I I think for me, um, you brought up Michael Pittman. I think, you know, this looks like a really good matchup for him. Um, Tampa Bay has been pretty solid against wide receivers as of late. That unit, uh, that secondary is getting healthy more and more each week. Um, and on top of that, too, Michael Pittman, if you look at his stats when T.Y. Hilton is on the field, I mean, he disappears. For whatever reason, they like to throw the ball T.Y. Hilton's way or I don't know how that works out, how he uh, finds him himself getting game scripted out in those games when T.Y. plays, uh, but it looks like Hilton is going to play. For me, the biggest thing is if Indy wants to win this game, I think they're going to have to lean on Johnny Taylor and sustaining really long drives, um, you know, because I think if this game's going to turn into a shootout, I mean, Brady and the Bucks are just going to absolutely wipe the floor with them because Indianapolis, they have a really solid run D, but they're most vulnerable through the air. Um, so I see Tom Brady just absolutely smashing them. And I think the Colts, yeah, they're going to keep doing what they're doing, try to feed Johnny Taylor, slow the game down, keep the ball out of Brady's hands, um, play good defense when they can. And, um, you know, I, I think they'll purposefully be trying to hit the under in this one uh, to help them to help them get a dub. So I really like this one. Like you both said, simply too many points in this game. I think it's it's going to be somewhat of a letdown. Absolutely. All right, Jace, on to your over under. Yeah, my over under, I feel like this one's a relatively uh, popular one and I kind of need it because I'm struggling in my over under category. But this is uh, the Minnesota Vikings at San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I believe this line opened up at 51 and a half or something like that. It was in the low 50s. It I is now out my water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was up there. And, you know, that's that's a pretty good line, but it's now down to 49. Uh, flat, no 49 and a half. Um, the people are favoring it. It's minus 112 odds on FanDuel. Um, the under, I believe, is at minus 108. Um, so I'm riding with the people on this one. Um, I've heard analysts all week talk about how this is just a, the perfect matchup for a shootout or a bonanza, if you will. Um, both teams are very vulnerable in the secondary. Both quarterbacks have been playing extremely well. I, I just really like this matchup. I like a lot of points to be scored. I like all the options on both sides of the ball. Um, for fantasy and for receiving props, I, I think this will probably end up being the highest scoring game of the week. 
Yeah, I mean, we saw it last week with the Vikings at Packers. That was just a shootout, and Justin Jefferson can score any given play. Dalvin Cook can score any play. So I, I like the over as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only concern is the uh, if the 49ers offense decides to show up. Yeah. That's yeah. it. If they, you know, punt the ball four times, the over is not going to hit. They're, they're right. a team that usually is sparse on the touchdown category. They usually – get in the red zone and kick field goals. So you're going to need those field goals to stay alive on the over. But I, I really like it, though. I, I think the over will hit. Mm-hmm. Debo's been so electric recently. Like, he, like, he's playing running back, wide receiver. He's doing everything. So I, I think Kittle's been really good. Jimmy G is like – I like it, Jace. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of risk. Both defenses can be solid at times. They've been both hit or miss throughout the season. But just the way things are trending in – how vulnerable both secondaries are. I love Jimmy G. I love Kirk Cousins. Like I said before, I, I, we've been talking about it. Debo Samuel's been an absolute monster. Ayuk's coming into his own. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on the other side of the ball. So I, I just see a lot of touchdowns in this one. Yep. All right, Jace, let's get into our player props. These player props. And remember, all odds are going to be provided by FanDuel Sportbook. Uh, and then gamble responsibly, 1-800-GAMBLER, uh, moving forward if you or a loved one uh, is having a gambling problem. Yes, <clears throat> always a good reminder. Um, so for my first player prop, I'll kick us off. I got Saquon Barkley, over 25 and a half receiving yards. The odds are minus 113 on FanDuel. Um, I, I really love Saquon in this one, uh, especially in the receiving game. The Eagles are the 11th best matchup in regards to receiving yards for opposing uh, running backs this season. They are giving up 44.7 receiving yards per game. Um, Saquon has beat this line in 60% of his healthy games this season, which is um, three out of five matchups. Um, since returning from injury, he's beat this in three straight games. Um, Kadarius Tony is likely out for this one, uh, which is definitely going to free up some short area targets for Saquon. And uh, this season, uh, it's either this season or the last three games, Saquon is averaging 5.6 receptions per game, and the Eagles are giving up 6.8 receptions per game to opposing wide or running backs, that is. So um, I love a lot of Dinkin and Duncan from Danny Dimes, and I like Saquon to pull away on a couple. Um, I don't know what his longest receptions uh, reception prop is at, but you know I like him to spring one pretty good in this one. And I think this is going to be a good reminder game to people that Saquon is still elite um, and that his usage um, in the receiving game um, can also be elite. So I really like this one. Yeah, I absolutely like, I'm definitely going to be playing this one as well. I think the Eagles, they have slay there on the corner. who's going to lock down Kenny G. You mentioned Tony's probably going to be out new offensive coordinator with Freddie kitchens there. I don't, I don't think they're going to try to like shove the ball down the field. It's going to be a lot of dinks and dunks, like you said, and 25 and a half yards. It's just, it's, it's too little, you know, we had too many points. Mm-hmm. That's too little points for me. Alex Singleton. Alex Singletary, Singletary or Singleton on Saquon. You guys are clown out there. You can't play. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I think one little tidbit, too. I can't find the information anymore, but I think I heard it this week. Freddie Kitchens, I believe, has spent most of his time. I know he was previously the tight ends coach for uh, for the Giants, but I believe he was a running backs coach at one time, too. So I like Saquon and Ingram, um, his two favorite positions, to really get involved in this one. So, yeah, this probably – honestly – other than when I got CMC at uh, 48 and a half receiving yards this week, this is probably my favorite um, player prop of the week. 100%. All right. So we'll swing back into my first player prop. And 
It's this man again. I'm, I'm going to give the listeners two seconds to pick which player it is. There's one of two in my mind, and maybe both of my props are both of the players that I love. No, man. Elijah Moore. Dallas got it. You know what? You hit both of them. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll hit uh, Elijah Moore's on the way back, on the swing back, but I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard's first. His line is set at three and a half receptions again. It's too low. I see the piece of the passing pie. This is his last four games. These are his targets. Seven, six, two, and eight. This offense, when it's completely efficient, is looking to throw the ball to him at a high clip. You know, he's getting like elite tight end number one targets. It's whether or not he's going to catch the ball. I see, uh, I think what's his name's hurt for the Giants. Blake Martinez is hurt for the Giants. Uh, that linebacker core is, is so rail thin uh, that I, I really see Dallas Goddard probably getting another five or six catches this week. Uh, you know, three and a half is just so low in an offense that completely depends on him to move the chains uh, in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Dallas Goddard fan, but I, I do like three and a half receptions over. Um, I don't know if he's going to put up elite tight end number, tight end number one numbers like you said. He I, no, he no, 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 elite tight end number one targets. Oh, okay, okay. I think we're thinking fantasy. I just need Dallas to score the end zone for fantasy purposes, but this is a betting <laughs> episode. I, I think three and a half catches is very, very, very doable. He is, you know, a little sprinkle extra bet. He is 1 million percent due for a touchdown. I think the last touchdown he had was week four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really love the matchup in this one. Uh, the Giants are the eighth best matchup uh, in regards to opposing tight end um, receptions, total receptions. They are giving up 5.7 receptions per game. Um, like you said, like he's working at like a 30 plus percent target share. He might get game scripted out here and there just because Philly wants to run. But personally, I think this is the last week that this prop is going to be at three and a half. I, I see him beating this line and then it moving up to four and a half, um, for about the rest of the season. That, that's just way too low for, um, you know, what could potentially be the number one target in this game if James Bradbury is locking down Devonta Smith all game. So, um, I think you hit this prop last week and, Devonta Smith was mac- uh, matched up with Marshawn Lattimore, and that was kind of a big key for us um, seeing a big game for him. So kind of in the same regard, um, you know, Devonta is going to get the number one corner. I see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of coverage taken off of Dallas Goddard's back, and I think he's just going to have a great game in this one. Uh, Dallas G is uh, plus 170 to any time touchdown score, which is not bad odds on FanDuel. That is not bad at all. The refs snubbed them last week. They did snub him last week. I do agree. All right, Max, let's get into your first player prop. Yeah, my first player prop is going to be Mike Evans over 65 and a half receiving yards. Um, I just – I know he's banged up right now. But Mike Evans, he's like the deep ball guy there. You got Chris Godwin more over the middle. Antonio Brown's going to be out again still. Gronk's back. He's more over the middle. But Brady always looks for Mike Evans deep for like those 40-yard touchdowns or – the go rats and everything. Um, if he plays, I really like him hitting the over here, 65 and a half. I like that one a lot. Um, I also love Chris Godwin in this one too. I think his prop set just 10 yards higher. Um, I love Gronkowski in this one. Just Brown missing is just such a big key for all these guys, because when you have such a true three headed monster with three elite wide receivers, 
things get confusing on, you know, who's going to do what on each week, but Brown being out, you know, um, like I talked about earlier, the Colts are vulnerable through the air rather than the ground. So I, I love all the receiving options in this one. And, you know, if I'm saying that, I also love Tom in this one. So um, I love that one. I'll be uh, smashing that one with you, man. I like it. Yeah. If they want to win, they're going to have to throw the ball well because the, the run's not going to be there, as we mentioned in Wednesday's episode. The run's not going to be there this week with Darius Leonard, Buckner, all those guys, all those giant dudes on the line just destroying destroying Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Uh, so I really like this, and especially because it's the lower of the two. I'd rather have his over than Godwin's over because Godwin can be funky. Yeah, that's yeah. why I picked it because it was the lower of the two. Yeah, I think he's much Godwin more hit his over. under last week, right? He did yeah. by like four yards. It was close. Yeah, it was really close. Um, yeah, no, I, I like what you're saying there. You know, Godwin, I think Mike Evans is much more of a pure wide receiver, just like downfield route runner, where that Tampa Bay offense loves to scheme up Godwin, a lot of screens. And, um, you know, you see him do that one where he's on the outside. Um, he shifts in a little bit. Tom hits him on the screen. He runs forward, um, usually into the end zone. That's one of their favorite goal line plays, but. Yeah, I think another thing, too, is that over-under is so high. I know Peter's playing um, the under in that one, but anything in the low 50s, like, you know, if it, if the under is going to hit at 48 points, that's still a really good game. So uh, points will be scored in this one in 65 yards for an elite wide receiver. I mean, we look all over the league, and, I mean, Cooper Cup's not a great example because of how electric he's been, but Justin Jefferson, all these top-tier wide receiver ones, all their receiving props are set in the 90s. Yeah. each week and if you can get a guy like that in the 60s like come on that, that feels like yeah. a guarantee you know that's what, smash. that's what yeah. i'm saying and then i know peter's not gonna be playing my next one but uh i have odell over 36 and a half receiving yards my soul thanks thanks I, I don't care peter he's coming off a bye odell still and a buy. He's had a buy his two years in cleveland <laughs> this is true this is true but they've had time for him to learn the offense McVay knows his talent. I really think 36 and a half yards for Odell Beckham is so low. Yeah. I, with him, well, one thing, too, we mentioned before the pod, I think you brought it up, Max, is McVay said this is going to be an Odell Beckham week. And McVay, yeah. we've talked about it all season. When, when McVay says that people are going to have good games, he is like one of those egomaniacs that's like, no, I said it, so it's going to happen. We saw it with Bobby Woods earlier this season. Um for me, that, that's just two catches with, you know, like um, they were throwing him the ball down the field um, pretty good when uh, he was involved uh, two weeks ago. And that's just two catches for a guy like that. So um, I'm riding with you. I'm riding with McVay and I'm back on the Odell train in this one. So uh, let's ride. I, like I really, I really hate to agree with you here, but 40 <laughs> yards is very low. 36 and a half. It's not even 36 40. and a half. I thought he said 39. My bad. No, it's it's very low, you know. You, I think you could put me out there and I could maybe catch one ball for 36 and a half yards. So, <laughs> obviously, you know, being 5'10 and all, I don't even think so. But I'm just saying, it, it's it's such a low line. It's like something they'd give the third string guy in the Super Bowl. Like, that, mm-hmm. that would be like Byron Pringle's line. Exactly. Yeah. And this game, too, like, I know the weather might be – you know, it might get cold and windy, but, um, you know, this is going to be a big game. A lot of people see a lot of points being scored. Both of these quarterbacks are pretty electric in Lambeau when it's cold um, later in the season. So I don't know if this game starts going back and forth. There's there's no way 
Odell is going to be a ghost out there. You know, like I feel like if anything, Green Bay, they've been a solid defense. They're going to do everything they can um, to keep Cooper Cup out of this game. We'll see how much that happens. I know Cooper Cup only sees like 9% double coverage. It's like one of the lowest rates in the league, but someone's going to have to get smart and try to shut him down. So I think that's going to open up the middle of the field uh, for a few Odell Beckham, you know, 15 to 20 yard catches. So I love him to hit this one. All right. We are going to take a look at my player prop. As foreshadowed earlier, my two favorite dynasty players, I'd say, that I love talking about. Elijah Moore, his line is, you know, it's almost like somebody went to college and didn't study, like, analytics, and then just had somebody who knows about soccer and not football set the line. It's literally so dumb, and I don't even care if it loses. I just know in my mind that I made the 1 million percent correct play. His line for receptions is at three and a half. Way too low. Against the Houston Texans with no Corey Davis. Potentially. He's doubtful. So anytime a player's doubtful, I'd say, you know, 99% of the time they don't play. What are those odds? Uh, it's minus like one thirty something, but it's still, nice. it's it's free money. Mm-hmm. They're they're begging you. Uh, yeah. So these are his lines over the last four weeks. Yeah, we'll do the last four weeks. Uh, so he's had six targets, six receptions with Corey Davis. Eight targets, seven receptions against Indianapolis without Davis. Six targets, three receptions against that really tough Buffalo defense. Mm-hmm. This past week, 11 targets, eight receptions when he was the yeah. wide receiver, I think, two on the week. Mm-hmm. Or no, he was a wide receiver three. Uh, but no, he he is going to absolutely feast on this. The terrible, terrible, terrible Houston defense is going to have a letdown game after a big win. Uh, I really see him probably putting up six or seven catches at the minimum. Uh, if they set his line at seven and a half, then I'd be – I'd be sweating the over or the under, but it, it's way, way, way too low at three and a half. I, I 100% agree with you. The Texans are in the bottom half of the league, uh, giving up receptions to opposing wide receivers. It says they're giving up 13.1 per game. Um, I can definitely see that even going over in this one. Uh, the no Corey Davis thing is big for me because I think a lot of people were worried that earlier this season, we saw Corey Davis as the number one with Zach Wilson. Um, but at this point, like, I don't know what the line makers are doing. Three and a half is just so terribly low for a guy who's just been absolutely breaking out over the last few weeks. Um, I think moving forward, kind of like the Dallas Goddard one, this is going to be the last time this prop is <laughs> anything under five and a half. Yeah. Um, so that this one, you know, the juice is minus 134 on FanDuel, so you're losing a little bit to uh, uh, Vegas. But like Peter said, that that's almost free money. And moving forward, if this prop stays anywhere low, if his – I know his receiving yards opened up in the forties. It's now up uh, to like 58 and a half. So I don't know what they're doing. I think this is the last time we're going to see his receptions below five and a half. I mean, probably his receiving yards, anything under 70. So I think he's that, you know, second half breakout in fantasy and for prop betters that we've, you know, been pining for all off season and this season. So I think it's all right there for him. I absolutely love this one. Yeah. I I can't really like, I don't know if it's the guys you like, Peter, or what, but three and a half for each of them. I, I really think – I wish you – could you can you parlay both of those over? 
Oh, a million percent. Uh, actually, the receptions, I don't know if you can. Because if you could, man, I mean. That'd be I'm a great gonna... parlay. You can. So you can two-leg parlay that, and it comes out to um, plus 207 odds. So, oh, my God. No, it doesn't. It I'm does. Good. Good. All right. 25 bucks. Here we go. As we speak. <laughs> that oh, is nice. That's a rip. Oh. That's a rip. All right. Um, so, Jace, we're going to move into your player prop, your last player prop. Yeah, my last player prop. I'm uh, this one. I was kind of going back and forth uh, on a couple props. Um, this one feels kind of gross, but I'm sticking to running back receiving yards pretty much for this whole episode in regards to player props. But I got David Johnson over 18 and a half receiving yards for minus 113 odds on FanDuel. Um, this one's basically getting boiled down to the Jets defense and how vulnerable they are to uh, receiving running backs. Um, they are the second best matchup for opposing receiving backs, giving up 65 and a half receiving yards per game. Uh, David Johnson has hit this prop in only half of his games in only one third of his games with Tyrod Taylor. Um, but those were, you know, some tougher matchups in this uh, patty cake jets matchup in this one. And uh, David Johnson over his time with Tyrod Taylor, he's averaging 4.3 targets, three catches and 21 receiving yards per game. So his average with Tyrod Taylor is already higher than this line, um, which entices me to take this bet but the Jets matchup on top of that one is it's just um, you know a cherry on top so this one it feels gross um, because you know we're betting on the Houston Texans but for me that's you know just two catches for David Johnson against that defense um, you also don't have Philip Lindsay in that backfield anymore uh, to f- steal any receptions or rushing work so um, I, I just really like this one it feels gross but I, more and more I'm feeling confident in it. Yeah, I, I really like that one, too. I was just on FanDuel messing around. You can do that one with the Odell over 36 and a half yards. Um, you can parlay those two for plus 253, which I think is pretty solid. Wow, that is um, pretty solid. I'm pretty confident in both those. Like you said, it's the Jets. David Johnson's been getting worked in more. He used to be like a pass-catching back, so I really like that one a lot. 19, it's so it's such a little number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just running backs against the Jets. Yeah, you told me that a few weeks ago on a pod, and ever since then, each week, I look and see who's playing the Jets, and I look at the opposing team's running back. Um, and that that has been very friendly to me and very friendly uh, to a lot of sports betters out there. So I'm riding with it once again. Very friendly to the listeners, too. Just any, any screen players, just destroy mm-hmm. the Jets. They have no lateral quickness in their defense, not to nerd out for a second, but yeah. All right, so that's going to wrap up our player prop section, and we are going to move into our curated Sunday night football dun, 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 parlay. Uh, we will keep with the snake. Mr. Jace, start sending us home. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go back to the well here, another uh, receiving prop for a running back. I have uh, Devonta Freeman, over 13.5 receiving yards. This one just feels like an absolute lock for me. Devonta Freeman, you know, he caught six passes with Trace McSorley last week. I don't see him catching anything really over four and a half uh, receptions in that one, but I I love his yardage in this one. Cleveland's relatively vulnerable um, against receiving backs. Not necessarily the best matchup in the world, um, but they do provide a lot of pressure with uh, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett. So I could see a lot of quick little screen passes, little dump offs to Devonta Freeman if Lamar's getting pressured and doesn't decide to take off for 60 yards. He has hit this prop in um, four out of six games this season um, since joining the Baltimore Ravens. And since as of late, he looks like the lead back in this offense. Um, And if you ask me, he's their best receiving back. So 
13 and a half, that, that's one catch, honestly. One good screen pass for a first down, and he gets that one. So um, if he's you know projected to catch three balls that he's been catching for the last few weeks, I think he's just absolutely going to smash this one. Yeah, I, I really agree. The Browns, their defense is so atrocious, and especially coming out of the backfield, they're not going to be able to keep up with Freeman, Murray, whoever it is. I mean, Lamar, maybe he'll start to run it, then just dump it down to Freeman right over the middle there. I can see that happening a lot. So 13 and a half is so low. I love it, Jace. Yeah, definitely. And anytime like a line's that low, you know what we say, you know, just one play. Mm-hmm, Literally one exactly. play. Yep. We're going to move into my uh, part of the parlay and in the spirit of just being one play away from it. Baker Mayfield over five and a half rushing yards. Literally get flushed out of the pocket once. And they're going to be, you know, knock on wood. I hope they're not because I do want to pull for for the Browns fans on the podcast, but they're going to be down late in the game. I can just see Baker scrambling for three or four yards when they're doing the two-minute drill at the end of a game or, you know, at the end of the quarter, half, whatever, just against that prevent defense late in the game. Yeah, I like this one a lot, man. He is a five-and-a-half is the line. He's hit this six out of ten matchups this season. Oh, 11 matchups. They haven't had their bye yet. So, you know, the probability doesn't really favor you there, but they, for me, it's down to a lack of receiving weapons for them. I know they're going to get Kareem Hunt back, which will help him dump it off here and there. But when you're working with Austin Hooper and David Njoku, um, you're missing Odell. Now Jarvis is barely hanging on. He's barely alive as well. I just think there's going to be a couple times where he drops back and nothing's going to be there. And he's just going to have to plow forward uh, for whatever he can get. Um, I will say he is at risk every week from now on to leave a game early, which, you know, I wouldn't be putting a house on it because he does present that. Um, But yeah, five and a half, that's just so low for a guy that, you know, he's not a one rush per game guy. Um, He's gotten up to eight rush attempts in a game before Um, last week he ran four times. So um, he's not a true pocket passer. That's just going to sit there and wear sacks. He's going to take off when he needs to. Um, And he'll probably even take off a little earlier than he needs to with how banged up he is, you know? So um, I, I really like that one that like, like we've been saying for a lot of these, that's just way too low. Five and a half, especially for like a guy who I get Baker's not Lamar Jackson out there, but he's also not Tom Brady who looks like a spring chicken out there. Yeah. Um, First down <laughs> on Monday, Tom was taken off for a good amount of yards there. He's got yeah, what 37 yards or something on the season. Tom's been a rushing machine, man. So he has Baker falling in Tom's steps. I think five and a half yards is very, very doable. All right, Max, send us home. I'll bring us home here. This might be one of my favorite bets all week. Um, like I said, the Browns secondary, the Browns linebackers, the Browns defense is atrocious. Um, and this is the Ravens' number one target, Mark Andrews. His over-under is only 53-and-a-half. I think that is so low, and I think Mark Andrews could easily put up 100 yards on the Browns. You don't got to tell me anything about the Andrews. I'm in. I, I know you're in. I'm in big time as well. He's hit this one in uh, seven out of 10 matchups this season, a 70% hit rate on this one. Uh, Marquise Brown looks quite, he's questionable right now, but it looks like he's going to play in this one. Um, but I, I don't think that affects Andrews and his role at all. He is the cream of the crop. Number one uh, option in this offense. And like you said, that linebacking crew for Cleveland, they're not going to be able to keep up with him whatsoever. And, you know, the thing is, too, Lamar's getting back. Cleveland knows how much they've dominated uh, or how much he's dominated them. 
um, they're going to have their eyes in the backfield looking at him the entire game. Mark Andrews, one of these guys is going to get loose for a big one. So um, I love them, Andrews. He's been so solid. Absolutely. Final odds on that. Uh, as of our time of recording, again, all lines and odds are subject to move or change before you place your bet. So just the second you hear a bet you like, pause the episode, go take a look, and then uh, make sure you play it again. And then unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and then unsubscribe and resubscribe again. Uh, that's how you get the podcast to to work right. Just wanted to <laughs> triple check that with people. That's how the bats work. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that, that's how they do. But uh, final odds on that are plus five eighty four, ten dollar bet to win fifty eight forty. But and it uh, it works perfect too on Fanduel. I think we've mentioned it before, but I'll throw it out there. Each week they do a promotion. Um, you get to pick one game to do a same game parlay. Um, that's why we've kind of decided to do this each week and focus it on the Sunday night game. Um, but you get a ten, uh, up to ten dollar risk free uh, parlay if it is three plus legs and over four hundred odds. Um, so this one fits that category. Throw ten dollars on it. Opt in first. Opt into uh, the promotional uh, yeah. bet. Make and sure then, you make sure you opt in. Yeah. And then throw your $10 down on it because at the end of the day, if it, if it whiffs, you get your $10 back into your account. So, um, $10 you know, as playable money, not cash. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be playing that money anyways. If you're, you've been sticking with us this long, you know, any money in that account's going on, on bets. <laughs> All right. Uh, to wrap up the episode, I, I did want to, I want to bring back something that we did in a Wednesday episode, I believe, but mm. we manifested. Hmm. Yes, we did manifest. So we're going to manifest our, our Sunday night parlay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start, and I'll, I'll start out and say, home, Baker Mayfield will scramble and get five and a half yards, but Seven. probably finish the game with 15. Um, Mr. Marky Mark, Mark Andrews is going to get at least 100 yards. Um, Devonta Freeman will receive over 14 yards in this one. Um, um, the people that listen will follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy <laughs> and subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, a little bit longer episode today, but we felt really confident about our bets. We've been hitting a lot of them. I'm starting to track. I'm going to go back and uh, make an Excel document and start tracking all of our player props and be able to share with you just how well we're doing. Uh, I have to check, but we are hitting at an alarming rate over here on the player prop section. Uh, so I did want to keep that, uh, keep that going for you guys. Anything before we sign off? No, let's make some money this weekend. Baby. Probably like plus a thousand units for our squad this week. So just get on it. If yeah. we win every game and we don't blow up on Twitter, I don't think we'll ever blow up. There's no hope. <laughs> Manifest yeah. it. Home. Every single bet is going to hit this week. Yeah. <laughs> Home. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.